Last week we were part four of the gospel. This morning we are on part five. The living God do have enough time to finish this thing. Alright, so for those of you who are here for the first time, we've been treating the gospel. We said the gospel is not belief or bed. The gospel is Jesus Christ was bent as a bent offering for you. The gospel is not repent or die. The gospel is Jesus died for you. The gospel is not change your ways or else you'll be excluded in the rapture. The gospel is change your mind because Jesus included you when he was captured in his glorious resurrection. The message of the gospel is not about men's sins. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of God's son. And we said the revelation of the gospel is the message of the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the sitting of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15, the verse 1 to 4. We see the blueprint definition of the gospel. It's the revelation of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. That is the message. The foundation of Christianity lies in this foundation. Praise God. Now Jesus died according to the scriptures. Jesus was buried and Jesus was raised. So the word gospel, which is from the Greek word, eo angelion, comes from another two Greek words, which is eo and angelos. We said eo means well, or well done, or happy, or good, or glad. And the word angelion is the word from which we have the word angelos, from which we have the word angel, who is a messenger. So the word gospel means a messenger that brings a well-done news or a good news. So the message of the gospel is the revelation of the good news of what Jesus has done. Because what Jesus has done is the revelation in which the believer lives in. Are you hearing me? We said there are certain intrinsic components of the gospel that makes the gospel the gospel. The reason why the gospel can be qualified to be gospel is because of what it contains. We said, number one, the gospel is the revelation of Jesus. It's the message of Jesus. The gospel is a person and his finished work. The gospel is not about how many houses a man of God has. The gospel is the revelation of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, Paul says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appeared to Jesus. Peter said, let us make a tent, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. Peter didn't have the revelation to know that Moses and Elijah were representing the law and the prophets, and they were actually looking at their fulfillment. So Moses was a messenger, Elijah was a messenger, but Jesus was the message. So the messengers were looking at their message. And the Bible says that they faded out in glory. And the only person left there was Jesus. And there was a voice that came from heaven and said, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. So we hear Jesus to see ourselves. So the revelation of the gospel is the revelation of Jesus. Are you hearing me? Number two, we said the gospel contains salvation. Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation comes from the Greek word soteria, from which you have the Greek word sozo, which means to deliver. It means to prosper. It means to become total. It means to become whole. It means to be healed. And it means to be saved. Praise God. 
So the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So inside the gospel is salvation. When a man receives the gospel and believes it, he is saved. And we said salvation is not revealed in human works. Our works don't save us. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Today, the reason why you can qualify to be in heaven is not because you were a good boy. It's because Jesus did a good work on the cross. Glory. So we see people who tell people that when you sin, you go to hell. No, sin takes no man to hell. As well as good works takes no man to heaven. A man goes to hell because he rejected the Jesus that saved him from his sins. And a man goes to heaven because he has believed Jesus. So I said, good people don't make heaven. Safe people do. Are you here with me? So it's not about how good you are or how bad you are. It's about how good Jesus is. We said on the day of the Passover, the lamb was killed and the blood of the lamb was applied on their doorpost. The Bible says when the angel of death saw the blood, he crossed over. On that day, if you were a good man without the blood, you would die. And on that day, if you were a bad man and you had the blood, you would live. So on that day, what good people and bad people were put on the one common ground, faith in the blood of the Lamb. So on that day, there was no excuse for self-pity and there was no excuse for self-boasting. Both of them were brought on equal grounds. Faith, the blood brought their salvation. So I, tell, I told the people the other time that you didn't have to be a good man or a bad man on that day. You only had to be a black man. So, like the blood of the lamb was applied on the door push in the New Testament, Revelation 3:20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This door is your heart. So, in the New Testament, the door is not a physical door, the, the door is your heart. So, when you believe Jesus, the blood of Jesus is sprinkled upon your heart. And what happens when death, spiritual death, sees you, it passes over. We said number three, the gospel reveals righteousness. Romans 1 17, the Bible says, For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is not attained, it is revealed. This righteousness is a person. First Corinthians 1 30, the Bible says, For it is of God, it is of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has been made unto us righteousness. So righteousness is a person, and this person is Jesus. When you believe Jesus, you receive Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, you receive the total package of righteousness. So every believer in Christ is a righteous man. Praise God. We said there are two kinds of righteousness. The righteousness that comes by the obedience of the law and the righteousness that comes by faith in Jesus. So when you believe Jesus, you are made the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made him who you know sin to be made sin for us that in him we might be made the righteousness of God. So there was an exchange. There was a difference between righteousness and right living. When you do good to the poor, when you come to church early, when you avoid sinning, it is not righteousness. It is right living. There is a difference. Righteousness is a gift. And that gift is the personality of Jesus. When you receive Jesus, you become righteous. By believing you are the righteousness of God, with time, it begins to cause you to live right. So right living is the effect of the gift of righteousness. Praise God. The president of a country knows how he must behave because of his position. You will know how to behave when you know who you are. Am I speaking? 
precept number four, the gospel is the grace of God. Precept first of all, the gospel is, the, the grace is not first of all a doctrine. Grace is a person. John 1, 17, it says, For the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. So grace is a person. Most of the time, people think the message of grace is, is a message that makes people feel good about sin. But people lose the whole point. Grace itself is a person. For you to downplay grace that way is to downplay Jesus himself. Praise God. So now, you see, when we tell people their sins are forgiven, that's the grace of God. When we are telling you your sins are forgiven, we are not telling you to feel good about the bad thing you are doing. Listen to me. If you are smoking, stop. If you are drinking, stop. If you are fornicating, stop. You know why? Because sin itself has consequences. It's not God punishing you for the wrong thing you did. It is your own reward you receive for the wrong thing you do. I told you, if you think that um, sin has no consequences, come out of this building. Go and slap a woman's hand back and try running. You'll be lynched and lynched. So when we are preaching grace, we are not encouraging you to sin. We are telling you what Jesus has done for you. What Jesus did for you, which you could not do by your own strength, is called grace. Are you hearing me? So when we are preaching grace, we are preaching a person. We said we are we have seven dispensations in God's prophetic calendar. We have a dispensation of conscience. The dispensation of uh, uh, the dispensation of innocence was the first one. The dispensation of conscience. The dispensation of uh, human government. The dispensation of promise. The dispensation of the law. And the dispensation of grace. You can get the message if you want to understand it. So currently, God deals with man according to grace. In the Old Testament, when a man sits, the earth opens and he enters. In the New Testament, when a man makes mistakes, his love opens and he enters. In both cases, they are buried alive. So there's a difference. God deals with us by his grace. Grace is from the Greek word, charis, which means divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. It means sweetness, it means joy, it means God's favor and God's loving kindness. So the grace of God is God's love at work in man. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, today's message. But what? The gospel is the power of God. Romans 1.16. Let's move it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The gospel is the power of God. Now check this out. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Anytime you see gospel, remember three things. What? There. And what? Never forget that. For it is the power. Do you see? Even he said the gospel has power. Have you seen that? He said it is what? So it's a definite article. The gospel is the power of God. And hear me. See, the gospel is the power of God. So when we are preaching the gospel, what are we preaching? So when we preach the gospel, we release power. Oh. Romans 15, 19. We're going to have a lot of scriptures today. Through my 
mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Elyrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ through what? Signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God have preached the gospel. So the gospel is preached through signs and wonders and by the power of the Spirit. So the power of God is vested in the message of the gospel. Have you seen this thing? First Corinthians 1 18. Another word. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Do you see that the message of the cross? You see, sometimes we think that the gospel is very powerful, so it can be powerful in anybody's life. No, the gospel is not powerful in any man's life. Rejecting the gospel makes the gospel powerless in your life. Listen, God's power is able to save, but God's power is not able to save the one who doesn't believe. Are you seeing that? So he says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. You know why? Now, when you put magnets close to plastic, will it die? Why? Because there are two different brands of materials. But when you put steel, when you put a, a, a magnet behind a letter, what happens? Light begats light. So the Bible is saying that the power of the gospel works in those who are saved. Amen. Are you seeing that? So, but unto us which are saved, it is the power. So this message is the power of God to the man that is saved. Are you seeing this? First Corinthians chapter 2, the verse 3 to 5. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. The verse 4. Look at this. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in what? The demonstration of the spirit and what? Power. Paul says that his message was not enticing words of human wisdom. 66 steps of becoming a successful man. He said it was not enticing words of human wisdom. 29 steps of making it in life. Wow. A message for Sunday service. Listen, if you want to understand business, go to business school. If you want to understand Jesus, come to church. Are you listening to me? The church is the pillar and the ground of truth. When people come for services, they must encounter truth. So this message is not enticing words. I'm not here to please you. So of course, there will be people who will be coming for meetings. They will be hearing serious hard truths. But listen, it is not here to please you. I'm not pleasing you. I'm not giving you enticing words. You know, a lot of businessmen love going to certain former kind of churches where, you know, they talk business when they go to church. They are comfortable because they get business ideas. Listen, the gospel can give business ideas better. So it says, my preaching was not with enticing words to please people, to make people feel good about themselves. But what? In the demonstration of the spirit and of power. The verse 5. 
that your faith should not be, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So the reason why we preach the gospel is so that men's faith will not be in the wisdom of men, but in what? The power of God, because the gospel is the revelation of God's power. I stand in God's power. First Thessalonians 1 5. Check this out. First Thessalonians 1 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. In and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. He says, for our gospel came not in word only. So listen. The gospel is not in word only. That means the gospel is in word. And the gospel, but the gospel is not in word only. The gospel is what? Also in power. So power moves along with the gospel. So you cannot preach the gospel without demonstrating power. It's not catching this thing. You cannot convince me on the message you are preaching until you have demonstrated your message. But also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing this thing? First Corinthians, okay, now we're going to get back to that. Now listen to this. When the gospel is preached, grace, great power is released. When the gospel is preached, what happens? Great power is released. The word power is from the Greek word, but dunamis. Dunamis means ability. It means force. It means miraculous power. It means might. It means strength. It means inherent ability. Residing in a thing by virtue of his nature. Finally, the word power means the dynamic ability to cause changes. So that means inside the gospel is the inherent dynamic ability to cause what? Change!
many signs and wonders wrought amongst the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Praise God. The verse 50. In so much as they brought forth the sick to the streets and laid them on the birds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadows some of them. Can you imagine that, that error was so powerful that Peter moves with a shadow, and when the shadow came into contact with the sick man, the sick man was healed. When they were giving witness in the gospel, I'm talking about this time. When there was a man called Paul, he went to a, a place called Malta and he was gathering some sticks because the place was cold. Once he was gathering the sticks, a venomous serpent, the Bible used the word, a venomous serpent came out of this, the sticks and feasted on the hands of Paul. And guess what? When the people of the town saw that the snake was on the hands of Paul, they said, no snake, no snake will uh, call your hand and lick your hand. <laughs> right? So now, they saw the serpent bite Paul. And then the Bible says, they waited to see whether he would fall down and die. And die. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said, Paul shook up the serpent into the fire and went to continue what he was doing. Paul still continued his message when the dead body was lying down. 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us all who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Now watch this. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Now, this verse, the verse 19 and 20, has seven Greek words used for, for power. All the powers of powers was vested in 19 and 20. He said, and so Paul is saying that your eyes will be open, that you will know what is the exceeding. The word exceeding in Greek is the word battle, which means to throw beyond the mark. What is the exceeding greatness? The word greatness is from the Greek word megatos. From which you have the Greek, from which you have the English word, Megaton, which is a unit of explosive power equivalent to one million tons of Tibetan wind. What is the exceeding greatness, Megatos, of his power? The word power that means dynamis, the dynamic ability to cause changes. Toward us who believe, according to the working, the word working there is from the Greek word energy which means force of his mighty. The word mighty in the Greek is iskus, which means vigor. Power, the word power there is kratos, which means great, it means great strength. The verse 20. Which, so he used this big Greek word, which was wrought in Christ. The word rod in the Greek is energio, which means to be fully operative in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So now listen, the greatest power God ever demonstrated was not in creation. The greatest power God ever demonstrated was not when he created the sea, or the stars, or the galaxies, or the Milky Ways, or when he divided the rest into two. That was not the demonstration of the greatest of his power. It was the demonstration of his power. But the Bible is saying, according to the scripture, that the greatest demonstration of God's power was when Jesus was raised from the dead. In other words, all the powers of heaven was vested in raising Jesus. Now, I have ILP version. ILP version of verse 19. Okay, are you ready for our version? Yeah. Increase the size for me. This is my version from the Greek I translated. This is IRP version of Ephesians 119. It says, I pray that you will understand the beyondness of all comparison, the dynamite atomic explosion of his miraculous working ability, effective in those who believe according to the energy of his forceful strength and vigor which was made active and fully operating in Christ when God aroused, revivified and raised him from the dead. This is I am I'll read again. I pray that you will understand the beyondness of all comparison. The dynamite atomic explosion of his miraculous working ability, effective in those who believe, according to the energy of his forceful strength and vigor, which was made active and fully operating in Christ, when God roused and revivified and raised him up from the dead. Praise God. So all of heaven's power was vested 
Are you here with me? So God demonstrated the exceeding greatness of his power when he raised Jesus. And I love Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Check it out. And he raised us up together. In other words, when Jesus was raised, he was not alone. When he was raised, we were raised. So the same power that raised Jesus is the same power that raised the believer. So listen, resurrection life is at work in Jesus. Today, the resurrection life is at work in the believer. I am the resurrection and the life. It was truth. Today, in you, we are the resurrection.
trying to get away Christ. Uh, is someone catching this thing? Say, I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. So listen, physically it might look like you are sitting on a locally made manufactured chair, but spiritually you are seated like Christ.
they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs and wonders. Number three, it gives witness to the world that Jesus is alive. Power gives witness to the world that Jesus Christ is alive. Number four, it's a sign that must follow every believer. Mark 16, 17, and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. It didn't say them that were clerical or them that are called apostles. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. The verse 18. They shall take up serpents. And if they shall drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Thank you all. Are you here with me? Now, I want you to know this. God has vested the fullness of his power in the person and the name of Jesus. Colossians 1.19. If you look at God today, God doesn't have anything. And I can prove that to you. He says, for it pleased the Father that in Christ should all fullness dwell. So when Jesus was raised, God emptied himself into Christ. And you are in Christ, and Christ gives you. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness. The word fullness is pleroma, which means maximum content. Content. It means maximum load. It pleased the Father that in Christ should all fullness dwell. So God has emptied himself into Christ. Are you seeing that? So all of God's power is vested in Christ. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Mm-hmm. Now you may wonder, why didn't Jesus say, All power is given to me in heaven, earth, and hell? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't add hell. Because he was just coming from there. There was no one strong there. <laughs> so he didn't even see any power in hell. So listen, there is no power in hell. Because Jesus would have said it. So he says, all power is given unto me in what? Heaven and in earth. First Corinthians 1.24. So all of us power is in Christ. Okay? Look at this. I, I, I was surprised when I saw this. Power is a person. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ there. Now, all of God's power was also vested in the name of Jesus. Now, listen, 
The reason why the name of Jesus is not an ordinary name is because there is something unchanged about the name of Jesus. Are you following me? Now, Jesus had to obtain that name. He obtained the name through two means. Through three means. First of all, Jesus obtained his name by inheritance. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. He obtained his name by inheritance. Okay. Come to verse 4. Now look at this. Okay, we have five minutes. He says, being made so much better than the angels, he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. He had obtained a more excellent name. He has by inheritance. So the name of Jesus was given to Jesus as an inheritance. And this name is more excellent than angels. Number two, he obtained his name by his suffering. No, sorry. He, he obtained his name by bestower. It was bestowed. It was conferred upon him. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. By bestower, it was bestowed upon him. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The verse 9. Wherefore God had highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. The name which is what? Above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth. The verse 11. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So Jesus obtained his name also by what? Bestower. God gave him the name. He bestowed it upon him. Number three, he obtained his name by conquest. He conquered. So his name didn't just come just like that. He obtained it by conquering. Praise God. So now, the name of Jesus Christ is the name that is about every name. Jesus had to conquer to obtain the name. An example in the story of David and Goliath. Now, remember Goliath said, give me a man. Give me a man. So Goliath requested for a man. The devil also, after he put man in jeopardy in Genesis, he was also looking for a man. He says, give me a man. And the man Jesus came. So David means beloved. Jesus, when God saw him, he said, this is my beloved son. So David was pointing to Jesus. So Goliath and David was a picture of the devil and Jesus. He was looking for a man and David came. And guess what? They said that when I defeat you, my whole nation will be subjected to you. And when you defeat me, my whole nation will also submit to you. So the story of David and Goliath was not two people fighting. It was nations fighting. Are you seeing this? So now, the Bible says, David took five stones. David didn't take five stones because he was scared one will miss. Then he knew that I would know. Goliath had four brothers, including him, his five. So he took five, so that when he finished Goliath and the four cap, he finished them too. Are you seeing that? So now, at the first stone, it went straight into the forehead of the devil, of Goliath. And he fell down. He took off the head of Goliath and buried it in Do you know how he caught his head? He used Goliath's own weapon. 
Jesus Christ used the devil's own weapon to destroy him death. So, on the cross, there was a standing between the devil and Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ died by his death, he crashed the head. So listen, on the cross, Jesus totally defeated the devil. The devil is a completely defeated foe. Are you here with me? When Goliath lost, all the Philistines began to run and Israel began to shout and chase the people. Israel did not fight. David fought. Israel enforced victory. The believer is not supposed to fight. He's supposed to enforce victory. He Jesus obtained 
explain this one for me. <laughs> hey, after two weeks, one of our friends was watching the show properly, and he went right there. He was not Adidas, he was Adidas. Shut up. No, the shoe was new, it was not original. But when the Bible is saying you are a new creation, you are not just new, you are original. Yes, it's a 
choice to be another guest. It's your choice. Okay. Some of us, we came out. Because you see, you, you see, when Christ died, you died. Everything about Adam in you died. When Christ was raised, he was raised a new man. So what is not traceable in Christ should not be traceable in you. It's the Bible says, as he is, it's
Thank you. 